0: This podcast is a Tucker Media production. For more information, head to tuckermedia.com.au. Welcome to How Gen Y Buy. Each week we speak to everyday Australians to discover the unique ways in which they are entering the property market. Learn how Gen Y are beating the odds and getting their foot on the property ladder with your host, Nathan Smith, the Managing Director and Mortgage Broker at Birdie Wealth.
1: Welcome to another episode of How GEM Why Buy, I'm your host Nathan Smith, and uh, we're getting towards the end of the season here, this is the second last episode, so uh, it's important that we have the the best guests saved till last. Uh, Today I'm lucky to have Anna Porter from Suburbanite in the studio, Anna is a buyer's agent and an investment strategist who is here to talk through uh, some tips and pitfalls to avoid when buying property what she sees out there in the market with first-time buyers and how we can avoid those uh, problems. Anna, welcome to the show.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: Why did you decide to get into property? Of all the industries that you could have gone to, why property?
0: (laughs) So um, way back when I was in high school and I thought I was going to be a waitress for the rest of my life because I had nothing else going on at the time, um, I I spoke to a friend of the family who said, oh, you should look at real estate. And I thought, I think about working every weekend. That seemed like a rough gig. And uh, they said, no, no, what about property valuation? What's that? And I uh, went and spoke to my careers advisor who said, no, 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 there's no courses for it. You just be a real estate agent forever and then you become a valuer. Turns out that was a load of rubbish. Yeah, good advice. So, yeah. so I did work experience in a few different valuation offices, actually when I was still doing my HSD, and loved it. And I wasn't a very good student by any stretch, but I suddenly decided it was time to knuckle down and try and uh, get into to something, into a course. I actually dropped maths for my year 11 and 12, which was very handy now that I'm a valuer. and use maths every day. (laughs) I had to relearn some things there. And um, I just loved the psychology of how buyers work, what sets values, why someone will pay something for a property, and, and doing a lot of unique property stuff. So... When I went into the valuation side of things, I got to work on a lot of big institutional portfolios and unusual pieces of land. Like, you know, the median strip between two freeway lanes has a value because they need it valued for their books for, for, you know, asset purposes and things like that. So how do you work out what that's worth? It became a very interesting job to, to, there's a lot of psychology sits behind it. Um, did that for about 10 years. And as a valuer, I saw that there was a lot of mum and dad investors out there, mum and dad buyers or first home buyers really struggling to get into the market or get the right property for their needs and decided that I wanted to help that market segment. So Suburbanite was born and that was in about 2012. And, yeah, now we, we love what we do every day. It's an interesting, diverse, um, sometimes challenging uh, job that, you know, it's always throwing new problems up in the air and our job is to, to solve them before anyone loses money, really.
1: Yeah, so you've moved to the role of a valuer, which, uh, like I said, it's quite an interesting role because – the value of something is quite subjective sometimes yeah. and you're trying to make that objective yeah. by using comparative sales and and looking at any issues that could come up with that particular property. So that's really the role of a valuer. So you've now taken those skills out. It uh, started Suburbanite and uh, the business was born.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's been a great, great journey.
1: So how does Suburbanite work and how can they help a buyer buying a property?
0: Yeah, so we are a team of valuers. That's the skill set we tap into and we help buyers... Identify what they're trying to achieve out of property, so a little bit around strategy, so whether they're investing to achieve a goal, and a lot of it is, you know, is first-time buyers that are priced out, they want to buy their dream home, so we get them into a good investment so they can take that stepping stone towards their dream home, or it might be a retirement plan or it might just be, um, you know, upgrading their family home. So we identify what they need out of property and then we do it for them in a way that makes it more cost effective because they're saving money on the property they're buying. Uh, we take away the time investment. You know, every weekend looking at open homes can be, you know, exhausting for buyers. Uh, they can miss out a lot of times. They may not know what they're paying for property or just be too busy to spend every weekend house hunting or be buying into the state where they don't have access to those markets. So we just step in, take over the process, make it easier, take away the stress, take away the time investment and, and hopefully save them some some significant money all the way through.
1: Yeah, so a buyer's agent, um, I guess, traditionally always seems to be something that is a high-end market or somebody who's older would potentially use a buyer's agent. Um, but to me, I see it as something when, uh, that should be used when you've got the least amount of knowledge, which yeah. is generally your first purchase. Yep.
0: And most of our clients have budgets between about three and five hundred thousand. So we do have clients that, I mean, at the moment, we're trying to buy a client a multi-million dollar waterfront, but that's not our most typical client. It's actually not the market we typically target either. We look for people that have limitations on their budget ideally or even self-imposed limitations. They might be able to borrow a million dollars, but they don't necessarily want to spend that. So how do they use their money more wisely? And when you're buying a three or $400,000 investment, sometimes it's even harder because you've got to get a really good performing property with less money to do it, so it limits your opportunity and options, and that's when our skill set really steps in.
1: Yes, so for somebody buying their first property, they're – potentially priced out of the Sydney market at the moment. Mm-hmm. They still have that dream of the white picket fence and the family home, but that might be 10 to 15 years away. Where does Suburbanite fit in with them and how can you help them get to that end goal?
0: So the first thing is we try to make it less than 10 to 15 years away and yes. bring that goal forward. So yes. this is exactly what we've done with a lot of our clients and my sister-in-law as well. They're the perfect sort of case study. They lived in Sydney, Sydney's inner west, renting, happily renting, but also wanting to buy something. Saved up um, about sixty thousand dollars from memory, um, and they were tossing up whether to save it or tap into their parents' equity in their home. And I think they ended up saving it. Um, it was just a time in their life where they could do that. Wanted to buy it in the inner west, but that's at the time was about a million and a half to get into what they wanted. And of course, there wasn't a lot of compromise. They didn't want to go into a tiny little studio unit because they wanted to have a dog, and they were planning on having kids, and all that stuff was on the horizon. So they didn't want to buy something that outgrow in two or three years. So instead of buying in that expensive market and outgrowing the property and they were priced out of what they actually wanted, we decided to get them some great investment properties. So we bought them a property down at Datdo, down in Wollongong, three years ago, not quite three years ago, about two and a half years ago. Nothing particularly special, a very vanilla investment. They only spent $340,000. Um, that property's performed really well. They've just had it revalued by the bank for, I think, about $560,000. So that's now allowed them a whole lot of equity to go in and buy another property, which they just bought in Adelaide as another investment, and they're renting where they want to live. So they've got the great lifestyle they like, they're actually now about to have a baby. So their lifestyles changed. They would have outgrown that unit already. From two and a half years ago to now, they would have completely outgrown it. They've just got a dog, a house, they're pregnant back in the Shire because that's where they want to be now. And they knew that lifestyle change was coming. But the reality for them is probably in another two to three years, they will be in a position where they've built so much equity in their investment portfolio. They can take that and use that as a big deposit towards their dream home and in the Shire they'll get what they want for probably 1.2, 1.3 mil and they'll have hundreds of thousands of dollars to inject into that purchase because they've set themselves up. So renting is not a bad strategy as long as you are in the market in some way, shape or form and that's a strategy we specialize on in with our clients called the stepping stone strategy. It's stepping towards that goal but it's getting the affordable interstate markets that are growing. It doesn't work if you buy the wrong property. If you buy property, it doesn't grow. You You've wasted your time and money and you yeah. can't get to that goal. And instead of it being what they thought would be a 15- or 10-year goal for them, it's now put it as about a five-year goal. So it's very realistic and very tangible now.
1: Excellent. So that they're using that uh, term rent vesting, which I, I called the buzzword of 2017. <laughs> it came out. Everyone was talking about rent vesting. So they're renting where they want to live, investing where they can afford, yep. and using those investment properties, uh, buying in growth areas that will grow in value, then uh, selling them off and using that deposit to then purchase the dream. 100%. That's
0: it's a great strategy.
1: Yeah. So uh, a saying that I've heard you say, which I really love, is that nobody wants a home loan. <laughs> nobody really even wants an investment property. They want the outcome of that property. 100%. So how important is that to be looking further ahead than just one purchase or, or two years down the track? How important is it to look at that long-term plan?
0: Yeah, it's critical because it's how you set up the portfolio today is what's going to affect you tomorrow and the day after that and the day after that. We meet people on a weekly, monthly basis that have bought three, four, five, six properties and they're all the wrong properties for what they want to achieve. That's really expensive and hard to undo. You know, we meet people where they've had to sell properties and take a loss because they got the wrong property for their goals. And, you know, it, it's really devastating when they come to us because we can't undo those mistakes without a massive cost. Um, so knowing where you want to head and that long-term view is really important. And even though you might not be thinking about retirement today that creeps up on you and so do all the things in between. And once you start having kids and families and all these commitments start, you know, plowing in on you, it's really easy to put that on the back burner for a long time. So if you can do it when you're in your 20s, when you've got more financial support from parents and family, when you can live at home, things like that, um, and especially when you don't have those massive costs of kids because, you know, they're money-hungry little buggers. Yes, we I, um. uh, I
1: always say that. So on a loan application, they actually are in your liability column as yes. an expense, so they're very much an expense, the, the 100%, children.
0: 100% they yeah. are. So, you know, that's the time to be doing I bought my first property when I was, I think I was about 20, mm. and that set me up for building my portfolio from there. And, yeah, there's there was a few years where it was a bit tight and I had to budget and I couldn't have as much of a lifestyle as what I maybe wanted, but it's been worth it every step of
1: the way. And time's your friend too, isn't it? (laughs) When you're young, you've got time to buy and hold and let those assets grow in value. Um, We have clients on the other end of the spectrum who who may realise a bit too late when they're hitting their 50s and hitting their 60s going, hang on, I've I've got to retire soon. I need to start building some wealth. And they just don't have that time to sit and hold the properties and let them grow in value. Yeah. Um, when you're younger in your 20s and, and your early 30s, you've got that time to get in, buy, hold yeah. and, uh, and I mean, really, what
0: are you spending your money on? Like, let's get real. My husband's got some friends in their 20s. He's not in his 20s anymore. He doesn't realise that, but it's not. Like, um, they're just spending their money on rubbish, you know. I mean, no offence to people out there, but if you are spending your money on pubs and drinks and weekends away and holidays and cars, and all, I mean – cut back on one or two of those things. You know, we don't need to spend all of your paycheck on an investment property, but if you can find $50, $100 or $150 a week, that's going to be pretty life-changing for you can be in the future. And it might not even be retirement. It might be something as simple as, you know, you want to take a year off to go traveling and come back to a property because when you come back, all your friends will be set up and you won't be. So you've got something as a nest egg to come back to, that's a good starting point.
1: Yeah, I, I think uh, a lot of people once they've bought the property and start to make those repayments, they wonder where that money ever went. We all know where it's gone. Yeah. Um, but uh, is there a way that we can look into your budget and draw the $100 and $150 a week? That's certainly enough to, to get into the market and yeah, get start. Yes, that at, will as the serve
0: a good growth property, even if you're borrowing at 100%, tapping into your parents' equity and not really having much genuine savings. Um, 150 a week will will comfortably service that loan after the rent comes in. And there's some that can even go less than that.
1: Now, the media plays a big part in people's decision to buy a property. It's very influential on people. What are those rumours that you hear out there that you're constantly fighting and constantly trying to battle against?
0: Yeah, it's it's so true. The media um, have a lot to answer for, I think. You know, you hear, for example, right now, Harry Dent, US economist, is out saying the market's going to drop, it's going to crash. He was out here in 2014 saying the exact same rubbish and it was, you know, the market, Sydney market's going to drop by 30 to 50%. Well, it didn't to start with and, you know, he was never on the mark with that. The market is going to cool now. The market is going to have a small correction. It's not going to crash in Sydney, for example. There's a lot of other markets still growing. So, you know, I'd say to the media, instead of saying the market's going to crash, why don't you say, hey, smashed avocado generation, buying power's coming back. Same philosophy, same fundamentals, but a different headline with a positive spin. Yeah. For those that are looking to buy, if the market comes off a bit, that puts you in a better position. So, this is not all bad news. Yeah. If you bought three years ago and you've made 400 grand on your property and it comes back by 50, you really, it's not that, that much of a bad thing either. So, the market's going to get that balance back to it. But there are other markets that are performing. We, we've got to remember we don't just uh, rely on what's happening in Sydney, and that's all we hear about. There's so much outside of that. So, you know, people tell me all the time, property market is, the property market is only performing because interest rates are low. And I say, well, that's interesting. Who forgot to send the memo to Perth and Darwin that interest rates are low because their market's going backwards? You know, there are markets that aren't performing very well, but there are markets that are performing well. There's so much opportunity in some other markets that are growing aggressively. And, it, you know, interest rates are a piece of the puzzle, but it's only one piece of a very big puzzle. There's a lot of pieces to put in place here. And any time, you know, I've never seen a market where there hasn't been an opportunity to invest somewhere and make money. So even with the GFC, when the GFC hit, a lot of markets had some fallout. Melbourne had 27% growth the year after the GFC hit on in property values in that 12 months. 27%, right? So this is when we're in a global financial crisis and people in Melbourne are still seeing growth in their property values because... Property values work in cycles, markets work in cycles, and I haven't yet seen a time where they've all been down at the same time. So it's about picking the time and picking the right markets, and there's always a positive news story. It's just the media doesn't want necessarily put it out there, you know? I,
1: Doom and gloom sells.
0: Oh, it's funny. Like I actually did um, Sky News a few weeks ago, and we do a lot in the media with Australian Financial Review, Sky News, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and a lot of radio. And just the other week, I was going on to set as um, uh, Dr. Andrew Wilson was coming off set. And he even said to the host as he walked in, I said, don't worry, I'll have some doom and gloom for you next week to push those ratings up and had a laugh. And I thought from his mouth to my ears, you know, it's exactly what it is. And even when we send releases out to the media, they come back and say, that's a great news story, Anna, but how can we put a different spin on it? And what they're asking is, where's the negative we can put here? Yeah. And they'll usually publish the negative, not the So positive. those
1: headlines are uh, easy to read. People mm. click, people yep. open them. And at the end of the day, yep. media are about selling advertising space and they need click-through rates and yep. viewership and mm-hmm. doom and gloom reads. If people say Sydney Marks falling out by 30%, that gets clicked. And uh, going back to your friend, Harry Dent, uh, we spoke about that, that he uh, coincidentally had a book release both times <laughs> that he was coming out to uh, to plug his new message of doom and gloom. It
0: is a coincidence. So, look, my advice to any buyers out there is don't get too caught up by the media headlines. You know, do your own research. Speak to people in those local markets like property valuers and local brokers and local agents that don't have an agenda to push a newspaper or an advertising space. Get a feel for it. Talk to buyers agents and get a real um, get some real data and statistics and analysis around markets before you step away and, and panic. You know, it's there's no reason to think the whole market's going to crash because in all my years as a valuer, it never has. Mm. And we research markets for decades and decades and decades. And yes, some sectors struggle. Some locations struggle. You know, the unit market in Brisbane is a disaster way to happen. It's already going backwards because it's oversupplied. There's some pockets down around, you know, your southeastern corner where there's too many investors driving in around Ipswich and Logan. And those markets, there, there could be some significant fallout. So I'm not saying it's all puppy dogs and roses either. You do have to be careful not to buy into areas that there's risk or too much risk. But as a general blanket statement, the whole market's going to crash. I've never seen it and we've done a lot of research around this. We wade around in data every day.
1: And there is no there is no market. There is just thousands and thousands of individual little markets that all tend to work differently. Yep, they don't and what's happening in Sydney and Brisbane and Perth are three different stories. And then as you said, when you go into a, a capital city like Brisbane, we can't even talk about that as a whole because there are different areas performing differently depending on what type of product that you've bought and where you've bought that particular property.
0: People often ask me, me, when do you not buy property? When's the only time you shouldn't buy property? Is it when the market's crashing, when when this is happening, that's happening, they weigh up interest rates versus wage growth versus... The only time you don't buy property is when you can't afford it. That's what you don't do. If you can't afford to hold it, don't buy it because then you'll be in all sorts of strife. And I've managed mortgage and possession portfolios for major lenders and it's heartbreaking to go in with the sheriff and see properties being repossessed. But short of that, I reckon I can always find you a good market to buy in.
1: Yeah. The areas to avoid, I've always been told, is uh, when your Uber driver tells you to buy in a certain area, that's <laughs> when you should be steering well clear of that area.
0: Very potentially good advice. <laughs> yeah.
1: Now, uh, what's next for Suburbanite? Where do you see that going?
0: In terms of markets to buy in. Yeah. So
1: there's,
0: so so at the moment we're seeing really good opportunity for our clients around Adelaide. There's a $2.4 billion hospital project that's just been completed. Submarines, frigate fleets, corvettes are all military boat projects. So this is a $2.4 billion project plus a $39 billion project plus a number of other ones that sit in the hundreds of millions, right? So this is creating jobs in the thousands this is going to have a big boost to the the market and the economy. So, there's some definite opportunity there for the right investor. Um, We're still going for properties around parts of Victoria as well, which we see as a good opportunity. Um, ACT has some amazing investment properties and a really interesting tax treatment in ACT. So, Canberra, the tax is treated differently to a lot of other states. So, if you've got a tax problem to deal with, investing in Canberra could solve some of those problems in a more immediate way than other areas. And obviously, I'm not an accountant, but This is the feedback we get from a lot of accountants and there's good growth coming through as well. Um, Our eyes are on Perth, not yet. It's still got a little bit too high of vacancy rates for us, but that's coming down. So we're thinking next year, eyes on Perth, definitely.
1: Fantastic. Excellent. Anna, thanks so much for being on the show. We're going to link all the details for Suburbanite. Um, I know you've got a lot of content on there for 1st home buyers to be reading up on and and some podcasts of your own to tune into. Um, Plug for your podcast, what's it called?
0: It's called The Property Experience with Anna Porter and you can find that on SoundCloud.
1: Fantastic. Anna, just before you go, is there one piece of advice you would just like to leave 1st home buyers with and Gen Y with? What's that one piece of advice when when uh, you were buying your first property that you wish you had got then?
0: Don't hesitate too much. Don't go and buy something that's rubbish. But I see so many buyers sitting around for two or three years chasing what they can't afford and then are completely priced out. Three years ago, friends and friends of friends were trying to buy in Sydney and were just a little bit priced out and they wouldn't compromise and buy something at the next level down or go invest instead. And in three years, they've been completely wiped out of multiple markets, price point wise. So don't hesitate. Don't stall. Inaction can be just as dangerous as taking the wrong action. But property is an expensive mistake to make. So get the advice and do both. Take action. Do it right. But do it now.
1: Brilliant. Fantastic. Great advice. I think that was actually my piece of advice when I was uh, on the podcast myself was to pull the trigger. Pull the trigger is so important that uh, you do have to take action uh, to get into the market. Uh, This has been another episode of How Gen Y Buy. Join us in a fortnight's time for the final episode before we wrap up the season. See you then.
0: This podcast is for general information only. It contains brief comments not intended to be the basis for decision-making nor to be taken as a substitute for specific advice. Please contact Birdie Wealth to discuss any matters that may be relevant to your individual situation. For more information, go to www.birdiewealth.com.au.